Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spurs, you Mike, Steve, and Dave, and we are joined by a special guest that we'll introduce momentarily. But first, Mike, how are you? Uh, pretty good today, man. Um, it's actually a nice sunny day. It's uh, It's been snowing here for uh, a few days, or well, yeah, about a, a few days after a couple of beautiful days of 50 plus degree weather. It went down back to about six degrees. Uh, um, and uh, it you know, it wasn't super, super pleasant, but uh, um, yesterday I actually went outside and started to snow blow and I have a, a gravel driveway. And I, uh, as I was turning the snow blower, um, because it, it, it's not frozen anymore, the ground isn't frozen anymore. Um, as I was turning the snow blower, I shot uh, a stone directly at my truck and uh, cracked the, the back window of the truck, which wasn't nice. Um, it's it's kind of a you know it's my weekender the truck is my weekender so uh it 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 kind of sucks but now i got to get that fixed um other than that though uh great getting up early this morning and just uh pretty uh pretty good start to my day very good glad glad to hear that i'm glad that um the way the match went today that your your truck is not a harbinger of things that were for us so that's a good thing there were um, some words in there for sure <laughs> hey yeah words in there hey for, just first for our, our worldwide listeners uh zoom issues on my end so if i pop in and out of today's uh pod mike and steve are going to take over for me but steve let's move on to you how you doing I'm all right. I'm working through uh, the inevitable sinus infection that I always get when the weather drops 40 degrees in a single day, um, which is never pleasant. Uh, but it happens so frequently that I just run with it. Like I'll, I'll get these many times a year. My wife's always like, oh, you got to go to the doctor. You should go see if they have antibiotics. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time. It's I'll just pop my my Advil and and you know I'll drink some tea or, or something to get over it but uh man I, the few days following a, a drastic temperature shift up here is just brutal but other than that uh much more positive <laughs> this morning you know I got my coffee got a got a nice game we get to talk about and more important than anything else I was right last week in my predictions and i mean what greater feeling is there <laughs> there may not be greater feelings steve other than winning those are good feelings too hey mike uh, i'm going to defer to you and let you introduce our our guest you ready yeah yeah absolutely all you all right thanks buddy uh so um the gentleman we have on with us today uh is uh is the first person i contacted um a while ago, about a year and a half ago, when uh, when I was trying to figure out, you know, how we wanted to do this podcast, and uh, I, I didn't really know how to go about it or what what kind of uh, what kind of structure you needed or anything like that. So I, I contacted this fellow. Um, he um, works on another podcast. It used to be called Hotspur America. Now they're called Doctor Tottenham. Um, and uh, I. I it's not that I, I chose him uh, for any other reason than I felt like he was the elder statesman. He was the, the most well-spoken uh, um, on, on, the, on the podcast. And, and 
And you know, I, I'm not trying to put Sam down, but uh, but Tim's a Tim's a Cowboys fan, so I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow that guy on 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 my podcast. But um, this this fella had a lot of really good um tips for me. Um, even though we ditched one of them, and what he did say have a running order. Um, and we uh, do not have a running order anymore because it just doesn't work for us. But um. He's kind of a mentor for me in this podcast world, so um, I'd love to introduce uh, Vaz Coney to the uh, to the podcast today. Well, thanks for those, that glowing introduction uh, there, Mike. You're, you're very kind and uh, helping out as little as I did or as much as I did when you first approached me, I, I was more than happy to do it. I'm glad to see that you guys have been going for about a year and a half now, that you don't actually need a running order and you're surviving. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> You know, Vass, I want to point out your presence caused Mike to reveal something. Steve, did you catch Mike just said he called this his podcast? Did you happen to hear that? I thought this was our podcast, but but Mike is claiming ownership of this. Mike, respond. I, I, I think I think that I did say that. Uh, did I say podcast of mine? I think you said my podcast, like my toy or my Tonka truck or whatever else it might be, right? <laughs> okay, so yeah, it, this is my podcast. But but it's, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's okay because Mike also said something that made me truly happy, and that was not including a Cowboys fan on the podcast. So it, it balances out in my books. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to. Uh, I'm gonna to have to find out who who you all support in the NFS. You can see I'm wearing a Dolphins jersey here, which is no no great shakes. But um, yeah, we'll have to get into that maybe later on. But I'm sure I'm gonna relay back to Tim that he's never coming on the Wicked Spursy podcast because for the pure fact that he supports the Cowboys. So I'm sure he'll feel great about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he will. And yeah, we'll get into our NFL talk in a little bit um why don't we talk about the week that was steve i always like to let you kind of pick the direction we're going so we have two matches to discuss um how would you like to tackle what this week brought you know what because mike was so good about being optimistic uh this morning i'm gonna let him do leads uh and i just i'll, I'll touch on that burnley embarrassment um which it was right it, it was pretty embarrassing to come from beating Manchester city and then just giving it away to Burnley. So there were a few problems for me in that game. And this is, it, it's consistent with Spurs. Every single time we play a team that does this really compact, low block, very defensive shape, we just cannot unlock it. And, you know, with, with Conte coming in, you would think that, you know, we would have some some different angles, some different ways to try to poke and prod. And to his credit, he did provide something that should have helped out in the form of the wingbacks attacking. The problem is that Emerson and, and Sessegnon weren't particularly convincing in that game, um, which, again, then made things have to go through the middle. And that's where we're lacking that really creative outlet. Um Aside from Kane, to be honest, Kane seems to be our, our creative outlet in the center of the field these days, uh, which is not super great, um, especially when you need him to be scoring some of those goals. But, you know, it was a really frustrating match, uh, I think, for all of us. The only real bright spot for me was I, I kind of expected it, right? It's Burnley always plays that way. 
and if we weren't going to if we weren't going to draw it was going to be a loss i i just couldn't see a way for us to to get through so at the very least i got that part right and <laughs> you know that let me walk away from that game not feeling super down and and like the sky was falling and we're going backwards and you know all the the really hot takes that that came from that game on, on twitter and reddit and all the other social media um but it still wasn't good like i, I would have rather been wrong like rather they they figure burnley out get the win or at least get the point from that game so we had something but now it just it just wasn't in the cards um you know and and conte's frustration afterwards has drawn a lot of speculation but i you know the one thing that i i, I really struggle with in the spurs community is this sort of hypocrisy where if you look on on any of these social media sites, you know, your Reddits, your Twitters, whatever it might be. Um, and you see people giving these incredibly toxic takes after the game and then go on to criticize Conte for giving the same sort of brutal assessment of the performance. It's like, guys, come on. Like you, you're holding the mirror up to yourselves in a way. Um, was Conte right to, to do that? probably not, but I could see where he's coming from, right? He's not wrong, by the way. The way that, that Spurs approached the Burnley game coming off the back of the City win, it was it was an embarrassment, right? It We needed consistency. We needed players to step up and to take that momentum and to drive forward. And for a practically unchanged lineup, they just didn't do it. You know, losing Benchenker to injury hurt. Um, and Winks didn't exactly cover himself in glory going in, but that to me wasn't a game that suited his skill set, and we don't really have any other options uh, to throw in there. It goes to our lack of depth in the center of the field when we need that creative presence. So losing Benson Kerr, not having productive wing backs in that game, it was just a recipe for disaster for us, and and. You know, I, I would have liked some some individual brilliance. It just wasn't happening, whether it was fatigue from having played such an intense game. I don't know. But at the same time, what are your options, right? Like, who do you bring in? Reggion's coming back from COVID. It was clear that he wasn't fit enough to start that game or even sub in. Um, you could argue Doherty maybe would have been a good uh, uh, replacement at some point. Um, and, you know, hindsight, seeing what happened today maybe dictates that a little bit, but would it have helped? Probably not, because, again, Burnley were playing the antithesis of Spurs football, and, and it just wasn't going to work uh, without multiple pieces functioning smoothly, and we just did not have that. It didn't work. We got the loss. Um, it sucks, but... and. You know what? I'm going to say it because I set us up last week. You know, they built us up and then Spurs just punched us in the crotch with that game. Um, it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But, you know, these games, they, they happen to everyone. Again, you have to think about this in the grand scheme of the league. Yes, Burnley's in the relegation zone, but it's mostly because of the number of games that they've drawn and not necessarily lost, right? They are really good at keeping teams out 
whether they're top teams, bottom teams, mid table, it doesn't matter. They play for that draw and they just can't convert to get the win. They're a better team than I think their league position uh, reflects at this point. And the fact that they're starting to string wins together is reflective of the, the actual ability that they have as a team. So for me, I would have liked the win, but I don't think it's necessarily reflective of league position. I I, I think we got to remember that Burnley is that, that sort of team that's always going to give us a hard time. Except that they're losing to Crystal Palace one nothing right now, 17 minutes in. <laughs> Again, beat, one game. Beat, one game. Yeah, they beat Brighton 3 0, didn't they, recently as well? So, I mean, Burnley, as uh, Steve says, they, they play the way they play, and it's quite a predictable game plan. And he makes some valid points about what the reasons may have been as to why we couldn't break them down. I think one of them, I think the one thing that came out on, on Wednesday was just how inflexible Conte's system is. He's so wedded to that 3 4 3 that even when the game is crying out for something different, he's he's reticent to change it and things can become a little stale if, if the plan isn't working. And we've always had trouble breaking down teams that sit deep. It's been the same all season and it's been the same under previous managers as well, um, especially since we lost the creative influence of somebody like an Ericsson, for example. But I think um, fatigue may have been a factor. I, I get that. I think that, you know, we went so... Um, so, so so much energy spent on, on the Saturday uh, winning against Manchester City. Uh, that, that must have took it out of us, but I, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. The, the wing-backs issue is, is a fair criticism too. I just don't think that Emerson Royale is a wing-back. He, he's more of a full-back, and that makes a difference. So we were lacking in ideas. That said, the game was close. Um, Spurs did have a few chances. Burnley maybe equally so. But I think the game changed when Bentancur went off. We, we lost our poise in the midfield and we didn't really get anything going. And all the substitutions that Conte made, bringing on Lucas, bringing on Bergwijn, I mean, Lucas in particular contributed zip pretty much. And um, yeah, we, we, we just couldn't get anything going. So that, that was very, very disappointing. I think, I think I'd kind of like to... Uh, um... Point out also that, oh, sorry, Dave, I didn't mean to. Um, I, I'd like to point out too that like, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a hallmark of a Conte team. You know, I mean, they never seem to play well in um, in European competitions where they have to play midweek, um, because I, I I think he you know his his system is fo- so focused on winning in the league. Um, that those midweek those midweek games, I, I think it it kind of seems that he has a hard time preparing for those um, kind of on the fly. And like you said, it could be fatigue. It, it probably was a lot to do with fatigue over um, over that match and um, the weather um, and a number of things. Um, I get, you know, my my thought was that, you know, Burnley has to play in that weather, too, you know, and it's it's not like a difference between, you know, Miami and say Green Bay, you know, it's not like Miami going to Green Bay. It's, it's, it's more of like, you know, Carolina going to Philly (laughs) in the NFL. Um, I I get that. I get that the weather's different and 
they're used to it, but um, a, a team who play a team who plays like Spurs who rely on pace and um, and you know some sort of kind of a counterattacking kind of force um, is going to have trouble in, in weather like that. Um, and it, it it doesn't mean that you know we can't go out there and win or you know fight it out, but you know um, in in I I, th- I just think that like we weren't prepared for for what was going to be thrown at us. And, you know, the other thing too, I think I said last week was that, um, was that I didn't think that Burnley was going to completely sit back to start, to start the game. And they didn't sit back immediately. Um, they sat back once they, once they got that, got the lead and, and realized that Spurs weren't able to, you know, put on their attacking, uh, their attacking, uh, force or attacking game. Um, and that said, you know, also, I think Lucas has kind of permanently lost his spot now. Not necessarily due to his poor play, partly, but um, mostly due to the fact that Kulisowski has been has been so good, um, and he's a revelation for this team. I, I, the guy's an ace, and I and I love it. And I, I and I feel bad that Bentancur went down um, because I feel like he's an ace too, and um, we probably so would have better than what we've got. Uh, before they joined uh, Mike and I think that's that's the thing they've did definite upgrades on what we had before yeah yeah uh, agreed I I really think you know you you kind of inject the the new blood into the into the uh into the system and uh it, it helps to turn everything around especially the guys who who can play in this system and who are who are good on the ball and good passers um I I love I love the way that Kulisowski um I don't love the way that he kind of kills. He can kind of kill a, a an attack a little bit, you know. He he likes to slow the ball down when he gets gets down into the corner, um, but you know what his work rate you know kind of cancels that out for me. Um, and then Bentaker is just like his pinpoint passing has been outrageous, outrageous. The way he he can find a ball, he can find a, a, a recipient and and just kind of kind of thread it through there. It's it's pretty amazing to me. But yeah, you know, Burnley farming in, in midfield. Sorry to interrupt, but no, no, no. He's quite calming in midfield. He he's able to just uh, transition us onto the front foot quite readily, which is more than we generally get from a Hoybier or a Wings. And as far as um, Kulusevski goes, you you mentioned his work rate. Uh, I think against Man City, he he ran the furthest, and he's a deceptively hard worker and hard runner he, he, he doesn't look like he's doing much because uh he's he's quite big built but um yeah he he, he ran the most and, and i made this um point on our pod last week uh, dr tottenham pod and that was kulisevsky is only seven months older than jack clark but the man is 21 you know he's a boy um yeah. even though he looks like a man so his ceiling i think is is going to be high so i'm i'm with you mike i'm i'm really uh, you know, quite encouraged by what, what we've got there as a player. Hey, let's uh, let's pivot to talking about today's match. Um, Kulisowski is a great place to to build on with that. Vast to your point, I, I was talking to these guys last week. I have a son who will be 21 in about two weeks, and it, it boggles my mind that um, someone my kid's age is out there looking as impressive as as that young guy does. So yeah, uh, Mike, let's let's talk about today a little bit. What you what you see that you liked? Um. God, I there there wasn't much I didn't like about this game. Um, I thought you know it, 
I'm, I'm going to start off with the things I, I wasn't really fond of. Um, I thought Davies got kind of caught out of position a, a bunch of times. Um, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with the with this with the speed of of the Leeds team um, and and the you know the the kind of attacking play that that you know is the hallmark of Bielsa right? Um, outside of that, again, it was kind of like Man City, but it, I mean a different different kind of game. But I mean. Um, it was more like Man City for me in that I, I can't give too many guys less than maybe a six on my on my radar. Um, I I really thought that Darty was like, or w- what are we calling him now, Dave? Doc? We gonna call him Doc? Actually, I want to I want to know from Vass. We've had this debate. Is it Doherty or Doherty? What, what's your take? You will decide this for us right now. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even know. Um... <laughs> Uh, he, he doesn't have a C in his surname, which predominantly you know, <laughs> would say Doherty, but is you can pronounce it Doherty, I suppose, or Doherty. I, I guess the, the pronunciation over here is Doherty, which is uh, so you can take that as a final ruling if you like, but uh, call, <laughs> call him what you want ultimately. <laughs> there, there you have it. All right, back to you, Mike. Um, so I thought I thought he was I thought he was pretty fantastic, but you know, with with his performances, it's. It's consistency, right? I think this kind of a this kind of a match where he had some space to operate and uh, and move around and and um, I I, th- I think that kind of suits him. Um, it suited him, in, you know, at Wolves, uh, and 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 it suits him now. Um, I think it suits him more now because uh, of a player like Kulisowski. He Kulisowski was my man of the match, maybe co-man of the match because we still have um, we still have HK ten out there. Um, and he's, Harry Kane is showing us exactly why we need to, uh, we need to keep him around as long as we can. Um, he's still, he's still, you know, top, top of the heap, uh, top of the mountain. I I think maybe in the world and, you know, with, with Harry Kane, he had exactly zero preseason. Um, he had no he had no run of form for the first five games because he was using that as his preseason and then you know you see little flashes here and there and i think he's running at full steam now um i think sunny had sunny had a tough game today um he's still for some reason struggling with with that final ball um his touches are tend to be a little bit heavy now um and and then uh, let's see, Winksy. Winksy, I kind of he's a, he's a pretty good holding holding midfielder. Um, I I think that he kind of sometimes gets nervous when he gets when he gets pressed on and and he reverts back to that old old Winks that kind of just drops the ball back whenever he can. You know, he passes. He gets into his sideways passing, his backwards passing. Um, and then other times he looks amazing, like on on the first goal. You know, I mean that was a that was a fantastic pass. Um, and uh, I think today was kind of what we should come to expect. But again, you can have those kind of lapses in in, in a against a team like Burnley. So like a, a team that's going to attack us and play wide open like that, we're going to kill them every single time. If they don't want to back up and play some defense and pack their pack the box, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for any other team that, you know, especially if we score first. So I, today I was super happy. I didn't have to yell at the TV at all. My, uh, my poor son uh, didn't have to, you know, listen to his dad screaming. And uh, he uh, actually got to get some questions in and asked me about uh, Dane Scarlett, uh, he got, who got a little run out today. Um, he uh, asked me why Emerson is so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, and I didn't have that answer for him, but, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's an inquisitive nine-year-old and, uh, um, I think he's trying to, he, he's trying to emulate, uh, Kuliseski now. Uh, he was a skippy guy in the beginning of the season. Now he's, a, he, he's into the number 20, uh, number 21. So. Yes. I'm curious. Um, in context of Alistair Gold's ratings, which just came across my email, I, I find these kind of interesting. I'd like to hear your reaction. Uh, so he gave Hugo a five, Romero seven, Dyer seven, Davis eight, Doherty or Doherty or Doherty eight, um, Hoybier eight, Winks eight, Sessignon eight, Kulisevsky eight, Kane nine, Sonny eight, and then he gets into the subs, gave Bergwine a six and didn't rate uh, Royal or Scarlet. What, what are your, t those, those are some high ratings. How, how do you feel about those in the context of what you saw? Listen, I think the scoreline is maybe influencing a, a lot of people's views and, and, and it would be remiss of me really to try and look for faults in the performance where you've just won four nil away from home. Um, I think all those players having an eight, maybe not. I think that a few of those may be sevens, which is still a good score. But um, he seems to have slaughtered Hugo a little bit with a five. He didn't have too much to do. And then he made one massive error again. And, the, and these errors seem to be filtering into his game over the last uh, few few matches. Um, I don't think Davies was as bad as Mike made out. I think the, the wingbacks played pretty well. And it's weird that even though our defence didn't really have a bad game, we, we somehow conceded a lot a number of chances to Leeds that they could have scored from, which is weird. Um, I think where we struggle, continue to struggle and have done in recent games is we struggle when we're being pressed and Leeds press a lot. And sometimes we, we weren't able to keep the ball under control or to move the ball up the pitch. And especially after we're three nil up now, yeah, admittedly there was an element of sitting back and, and just letting the game pan out in front of you and hoping to catch leads on the break. But there were occasions when we just seemed to be under prolonged pressure and we couldn't just move out of it. So I think Hoybier and, and Winks, whilst they had decent games, weren't always, and both had a hand in two of the goals, in, in fairness to them. Um, they they sort of struggled to, to move us up the pitch sometimes. Um, and then in, in the second half, we the, there was a lot of overplaying. I think if we'd have played our proper game and looked for the right passes, we could have maybe sunk more goals uh, against Leeds. So th there's kind of things that you could almost say could have been better. And that's why in terms of Alistair's scores there, I wouldn't agree with all of those eights. Uh, the one thing I definitely do agree with is Harry Kane was head and shoulders man of the match. Um, he's just a class above, he really is. And Steve, how about you? What, what's your take? Yeah, I, I am actually almost completely in agreement with Vass here. Um, I do believe that part of the issue, uh, 
in, in many cases, it's just down to a lack of experienced decision-making in key areas. Um, Mike mentioned that, you know, when Winks is under pressure, he kind of, you know, loses confidence, curls up and, and reverts back to, you know, let's, let's do things a little too basic. And that's not always the best way to go. Um, that's for me, one of his, one of his problems, right? When, when he has time and when he's moving forward and when he doesn't have to think it's just these quick one touch give and go passes, he's great. But as soon as he has to think about his situation, he's prone to making the wrong decisions. You know, Dyer honestly is the same way at times, you know, he's immense in our, our current back line. I, don't want anybody to think that I'm anti-Dyer here. I think he has been incredible, and having him in that center position has made us so much better. That said, there are times where he just, you know, maybe loses his focus or, you know, he picks the wrong option. You know, Romero has done that a couple of times, too. Davies has done that a couple of times. You know, we we don't get punished for it today, but, you know, Romero, he lost the opener for the – uh what was it? Was it Stuart Dallas who got the header in, in that first half? Um, you know, poor decision. He wasn't really thinking. Um, so when you've got a team like Leeds, who's putting Spurs under pressure and you have to make these sort of snap judgments, if you're not 100% confident in what you're doing, they will pounce. And that's what we saw a couple of times with some of the chances that they got either somebody, you know, lost concentration and wasn't keeping up with the runner or, you know, they weren't paying attention to, to, you know, the second ball or the third ball that was coming in. It wasn't as fluid. So even though they have this great defensive presence as a whole, it's these individual moments that if they're not completely turned on, they get punished for. In this case, it didn't happen. Leeds hit the post twice where they put the ball wide, but you know, in, in those situations, you need to be laser focused on everything going on around you. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's very difficult, especially for a professional to keep tabs on three, four, five different players around them all at the same time. But in those cases, you, you kind of need to, right? You need to, to be able to take that extra step up and almost anticipate where it's going to go, who's going to make that run, where is it going to bounce to, and even if you can get to that first ball, even if you can get to the second one, if you've got guys around you who aren't on the same page, there's a half a yard of space. Somebody will punish you for it. Not leads today, but you know maybe you get Mo Salah in there. He's somebody who could easily have put that away. Um, you know we'll see that probably more so uh, in the game against United coming up. If you've got, you know, somebody like, like Fernandez, who, if he finds that pocket of space, he'll probably look to punish you. Um, so, and, and Conte's mentioned this uh, in a few of his press conferences, you know, they've got the talent, they have the skill set, they just need that experience, that confidence and that consistency to bring them up to that elite level. Uh, Romero is somebody who comes to mind as somebody who's definitely going to get there. Dyer too. We've, you know, Conte's praised him as being somebody who could in the future be that sort of elite player. If he gets these, these traits down packed Davies for me is the one who's probably at the level that he's always going to be, which isn't a bad thing. He's definitely a good player to have as, as a backup or rotational type player. But if there's one of the back three that we really need, uh, you know, somebody to step in and, and take 
looked over, it's that left center back position. We need somebody who's got a higher ceiling or is at a higher place than, than Davies is right now. And again, nothing against Davies. I love him. I think he's a great part of the team. Love to keep him. But that for me is where you need that improvement. You've got two guys who can get to a better level and one guy who's kind of peaked. I think I think Leeds really suffered today. Like they've been suffering all season. I don't I don't I don't think they deserve to get relegated. Um, they're on that path, but I, I think they suffered all season because of injuries. Like I think this would have been a much tougher game had you had somebody like a Bamford in there. You know, um, not that Rafinha is not the man, but um, he's a heck of a player. But he's not a, he's he's not the type of player that Bamford is. Bamford fits that system so well. Bamford also Calvin Phillips in the midfield. Calvin Phillips, yeah. Um, and is it Cooper, their centre back? They, you know, there's three key players that they had out, and it's unfortunate for for, for Bielsa and Leeds. I think the rumours over here, <clears throat> over here at the moment, are that um, Leeds may be parting ways with Bielsa. We'll we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I I wouldn't like to see Leeds get relegated, but they've got serious problems. So that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, part of it is that they're they're almost shooting themselves in a foot in a way, right? With Bielsa's inflexibility and changing his his approach, his tactics, his lineups. If you want to play the same way, I get it. But if you don't have the personnel to support that, I mean, they're on a five game streak of conceding at least three goals. Yeah, you need defense to if you want to play that system. At some point, you just got to say, you know what? We we can't do that with the personnel. We have to change something. Thing. You know, I've, I've been critical of, especially in Nuno's tenure, um, that inflexibility to make changes when you know you don't have the people to play the roles that you need. And even Conte at the beginning, right? Like I, there were times where I was saying, you know, if you don't trust the guy, stop playing him, right? <laughs> You're not doing yourself any favors. Um, and I, I think, you know, over here, one of the, the, uh, commentators for the game was saying you know that bielsa's got these players that he trusts to go in and do the job but if you look at the results conceding three plus goals for five straight games at at what point do you as a manager just have to say oh you know what maybe i can't trust these guys to do the job because it's just not working i think you get managers that are wedded to systems as we said before about contain his three four three and and bielsa with his own system it's it's hard when you haven't got the tools, and it seems to be a, a recurring theme with uh, with Spurs at the moment, and that's what led a lot to the Conte's frustration on Wednesday and, and the comments that came out subsequently, and the way that's been dissected. And just to keep it sort of Spurs related, now I think the fact is that we somehow have to get to the end of this season, and so then see if the club provides Conte with the pieces that he needs for his system to flourish. So, yeah, it's going to be a painful uh, period in between times, but hopefully we'll get to the end of it where we want to be. i got to stay away from the ITK, don't I, Dave? <laughs> oh, you're muted, bro. It's not good for your health to, to engage in ITK, Mike. You have to stay away. Question. Hey, you know what you know is good what, for your health, Mike? <laughs> What's you, know what's, you know what's good for your health? When we ask you what you're up to, you ready? Sure. It, it, it's time. It's 1040 in the AM where we're recording from. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point that out. But it's it's time for our favorite segment. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? <laughs> or for today, this morning, I guess we could ask, hey, Mike, what are you disappointing Amy with? <laughs> 
That'd yeah, be every uh, that'd be every day, Steve. That's not just today. I, I told I told my wife that I had that I was gonna do the segment. She said, Are you, are you gonna do that? And I was like, Yeah, she went, gross. <laughs> I'm like, it's 10, it'll be 10 30, 10 40 a.m. You know, it's it's uh I'm on UK time today. We got Vass on, exactly. so I'm on UK exactly. time. So it's okay. It's okay. Um so today I've chosen uh I've chosen uh to do a we heavy uh um the scottish ale it's a it's a it's a strong ale it's it's kind of classified as a strong ale it's heavy malty um um it it's high in alcohol um always 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 between eight and eight and eleven percent um and it, it it's characterized kind of kind of um along the same lines as a belgian triple or a quad um without that weird Belgian yeast taste. It's got that nice, sweet, malty finish, uh, kind of little, little bit of carbonation, not, not, you know, hugely carbonated, but, um, I really love them. Um, and I will say that, uh, it's, it's going to be kind of funny cause I've got a, I've got a glass here, but, um, this, uh, Sam Adams made a scotch ale years and years ago that, um, uh, somebody had a keg at a party when I was just, you know, probably about 22 years old. And it was the, that party was the site of my worst hangover of all time. Um, it wasn't a wee heavy, but it was a, it was a, it was a Scotch ale. And, and, um, I never thought I'd say this, but I love Scotch. I do love Scotch ales, but I never thought I'd say that I would want to go back to, to, uh, to drinking the, those in any kind of exclusive way. But, um, I, I, I've been seeing this for a couple of years now and, uh, and I had to get some. Uh, I was with Steve at 14th Star Brewing uh, um, last week, and I saw this, and I said, "I'm going to get this for the pod um, because I just love wee heavies." So uh, this is the 14th Star. Uh, oops, <laughs> the 14th Star wee heavy. It's very uh, basic kind of um, can design. Uh, 14th Star is a brewery that's um, um, owned by a former. Um, member of our military um so a lot of the a lot of the brews have uh military um kind of names that uh, recruit and uh 14 bravo and and, and uh stuff Wing like man. that yep yeah um so uh this one's just called we heavy uh that they called it we heavy um and uh it's called 14 star brewing because um vermont was the first was the first state admitted to the union after the original 13 colonies, um, in 1792. So we were the 14th star on the flag, uh, on the U S flag. Um, so let's pop this open and I'm going to pour this into a, the funny, the, the funny thing about this, is I'm going to pour this into a Sam Adams glass. <laughs> um, so, um, is that the appropriate glassware, Mike? It is the appropriate glassware. In fact, um, they say a tulip glass is the is the way to go. This is uh, the Sam Adams Perfect Pint uh, is made for their uh, Boston Lager. However, it's a it's a variation of the tulip glass um, in a way. It's kind of like a between a tulip glass and a, a, a Spiegel glass, which are you know those big glasses with the little narrow handles on them. Like you see, like that right there. So I'm going to pour this. It's probably going to be pretty dark. As, as Mike pours this, we always have a, this pregnant pause. So here's what we're going to do based on your earlier question. 
Chicago Bears, Steve. New York Giants. And was <laughs> and Mike. Uh, the Washington Commanders. So you can see we're, we're a diverse crew here, Vass. So your yeah. your Dolphins fandom yeah. fits in just fine. Steve, yeah. Stephen, uh, Stephen, Dave have actual like regional alliances because they come from New Jersey and Chicago. I grew up in uh, Vermont here, and I, I can tell you that the Patriots were not good when I was a kid. They were not good. Like we, you could get tickets for like three to five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's a much maligned group of NFL fans. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Welcome, For sure. welcome to our club, Beth. Glad yeah. to have you. <laughs> I mean, um, apart, from, apart from two fortunate um, rings that Eli Manning got for the Giants. I mean, there's not much else been going on for the last two or three decades. <laughs> <laughs> And the last That's time, last true. time my Bears were good enough, Vass, your Dolphins took away a perfect season from. That's them. right, so, we yeah. did. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. in '85. Yep, yep, you got it. So then they went out and recorded a bad rap single that uh, that became, you know, <laughs> super famous. The Super Bowl yeah. Shuffle was fantastic. You know it. Maybe it wasn't rap. It was, it was just a thing. Whatever it was. Whatever, yeah. All right, Mike. Back to your brew. What do you got? Uh, so this beer, uh, it's not as dark as I thought it was. It smells super malty. Um. It smells super malty, super sweet. It's got a nice head on it. Um, I like to read uh, a beer advocate review. Um, we haven't done it in a while because I've been drinking relatively newly brewed beers and they haven't had reviews. This one is uh, from our friend that uh, we've read reviews on uh, quite a bit. Um, he usually has some interesting stuff to say. Um, this is from our friend Lone Freighter. Um, I don't know the guy, but he is from Vermont, and he seems to have had every single beer ever in the history of beers. Um, he said, treated, treated as a Scotch Ale slash Wee Heavy, this was poured into a thistle glass. A thistle. Um, the appearance was a semi-dark ruby amber slash brown murky color with just a wisp of a little creamy white foamy head. Sustained for a little bit and slid off nicely to coat my glass with some some lace trying to spider web but showing some messiness the aroma had creepy. a sweet Super meshing creepy. of applewood the sweet side of peat um subtle sweet nutty almost peanut like with some thick herbal character and he goes on and on and on and it's always peanutty woody smooth he said overall i think this I like this more for me because I'm not sure, so sure about the peanut thing going on. That's not really a part of this style, but somehow it seemed to be a nice addition anyways. So this is an audio pod, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, because all I see is Steve and David just shaking their heads. <laughs> for anyone this, guy, out there. this guy loves to talk. Like he, he loves to like, Back in the day, when I when I was a kid and I'm trying to steal my dad's, uh, you know, nudie mags and stuff, there was always like penthouse forum, and there was always like a story that somebody would tell, and it went into the d descriptions like a, you know, like a sleazy romance novel, but a little worse, you know. And uh, I, I always find that these beer advocate reviews from these super super duper beer nerds are always like that, and they and they, it's so creepy to me that it it's just super funny and i love to read i love to read some of them the, this guy he gives it a 4.11 out of 5 i mean and he doesn't just give out his he doesn't just give out his ratings um 
he's he's a he's a tough nut to crack. So um, I'm gonna give this a try and see what I think if I agree yeah. with him. I don't see any lacing. I don't smell any peanut, but we'll see. I'd love to see the, the calculus right that arrives at a four point one one. Like, what kind of mental math are you doing? I oh, know, no, no, that's just that's just way too nerdy for me. That four point one. You either give out four point one or a four point two and move on. Drink the damn thing. Bingo. Precisely. For the record, I've I've had this beer before, and half the crap he's describing it as, I'm sitting here like, <laughs> like what? It's definitely smoky. It's kind of smoky. It's not like a smoked beer, but like, you know, smoked porters, you know, you get that real taste. Like he said, applewood. I don't taste the applewood. I do. It, it's super, super, super malty and super sweet. Um, it doesn't have the PD character of a, of a scotch. I don't know if this guy's thinking that scotch ale has something to do with scotch, you know, because scotch is typically described as PD, smoky, that kind of a thing. So Lone Freighter's full of shit. Um, on this. Yes, we know. We know. Uh, um, Enjoy. I think this beer, I, for being as kind of red as it is, tastes super, super robust. I, I, I really enjoy it. I'm not going to have too many of these. This one clocks in at 8.9 percent alcohol. Jesus. At 10:30 in the morning, it also says to store and reserve at 50 to 57 degrees. So I took it out of the fridge earlier, uh, at the end of the first half. Um, and um, this is the only beer I'm going to be uh, enjoying today because I am on call at the hospital <laughs> um, starting uh, at 1 p.m. So um, I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to give this a straight up. Um, I really like this beer. I could probably drink a few of them. I think the spot is probably uh, maybe in front of a fireplace uh, on, a, on a cold evening. Uh, it's a very stout kind of porter, porter type of a situation you'd be drinking this but you can only have a couple of them um i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna give it a 3.8 3.8 not 3.82 or 3 3.8. no I, I i i don't i can't do that all right fair enough hey mike well done cheers enjoy it this has been hey mike what you drinking with 3.8 do me a favor uh 14th star we heavy correct yes Yep. All right, we'll handle that for the uh, the pod notes later on. Let's move on. Let's talk about the week that is coming. Vass, I'm curious, uh, as I'm looking at the next seven, eight days, Middlesbrough in the Cup, I believe that's Tuesday, the first, yep. um, and then next weekend, Everton, and then United coming coming up about five days later. What are your thoughts as you look ahead? Well, listen, a, a Cup run um, is something that Spurs used to be quite um well it, it was something that we used to do in the past is, is win is win cups and have good cup runs and we seem to be stalling in recent times uh usually against Chelsea so let's have a look Tuesday we're playing Middlesbrough we have to it's another away game win that and we're in the quarterfinals I think is that right yeah so it's fifth round on Tuesday so sixth round will be the quarterfinals so yeah, it'll be tough, no question. I think Middlesbrough are going quite well. It also depends on what team Conte puts out, whether he's going to rotate again. But bottom line is, I think you've got to go for it now. Um, the Champions League thing, the door may be closing on us because of the recent run of results that we've had. So a run in the FA Cup is something that could in some way salvage the season. So I think Conte will, will focus on that and have to win. Um there's no, no no two ways about it. Uh, and then, of course, the following week, we, 
weekend, well, Monday, we're playing Everton back at Tottenham Stadium. So it's just a quite, it just becomes now, because of the run that we've had recently, every game becomes must win. There's no room for error. Uh, we just have to maintain this run, maintain some confidence, and um, hopefully we'll get Ben Tanker back in a couple of weeks. Skippy's still out injured. I don't know when he's due back, but certainly if we can get those two players back, we can we can have some semblance of a fuller squad as well. Well put, Steve. How about you? Can you build on that? Yeah, I'm I'm completely in agreement. I think you have to take it to Middlesbrough. You you can't really throw out a B team and just throw it away. You got to get something out of the season. And and again, given the run of results that we've had so far. Losing out at all is is going to be a huge morale hit, um, not just for the team, but for us as fans as well. Conte is going to want to avoid that. He's going to want to build some momentum, and you can't do that just winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. You have to get a string of wins together. We probably will see some rotation, but I don't think it's going to be a lot. Um, you know, maybe maybe two, maybe three players from what we saw today. Um, starting maybe Reggion gets a run out, having come back from from um, COVID, probably get maybe somebody changed in midfield. We didn't see a sub for Winks or, or for Hoybjerg, so maybe one of those guys uh, gets a little bit of a break. Um, if Skippy's not available, maybe not. <laughs> you know, I don't know that he's going to want to throw out a, a White or, or a Divine out there for a debut, but... You know, I, I have to think that he he at least rests some players, knowing that we're going to be coming up against Everton, which is an equally important game. Uh, given Everton's form, it's easy to say that it, it shouldn't be an issue, but it, it always is, right? Every time the squad thinks this isn't going to be a problem, we always struggle, and it never feels great. Um, so again... Just to, to parrot Vass, I think Conte is going to be looking to put together a string of wins. I think he's going to push hard to get us uh, three in a row on the back of, of leads today. Um, so I, I would anticipate strong teams, strong uh, performances. Uh, and if we don't get that, then there's going to be uh, <laughs> another probably Conte meltdown. Um, and honestly, I think it would be deserved. This team with the, the, the players that we have, with the ability that they have, they need to be consistent in their performances. This isn't a, a question of should it happen. It definitely should. Make it happen, guys. Mike, I'm curious from you um, to harken back to a segment we used to do during the Nuno era. Um, is the sky falling or is everything going to be all right? What, what do you think? <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to go chicken little today. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I, I was, uh, I, I was leaning that way, leaning pretty, pretty hard into it after the Burnley match. Um, I'll say. you know, time heals all wounds. They say, um, I really think that. You know, we put that kind of we put that Burnley performance behind us. I, I I don't like to think into the future, and I don't like to be the guy because I I support teams um, that are like, hey, hey, there's always next year. You know, I, I I always support those teams, and now that I got a, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, so now that I got a taste for championships, I want my teams to perform this year. You know, um, so I I don't. 
I don't necessarily think the sky is falling. Um, like Vass said, I, I think that probably right now we have to look for a cup run. Um, and, and Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough was, uh, is, was a team that kind of, uh, it's kind of been sitting there in the championship kind of mid table all season. They had a, a, a recent run of really good form. Uh, and then uh, you have, they have a coach in Chris Wilder who's very, very uh, – he's a very, very passionate coach, um, as he was a passionate player. Um, Chris, so, the, Sorry to interrupt. Chris, Chris Wilder was the coach at Sheffield United, that, and, they, and they gave us untold problems. Uh, right. We played them, yeah. And, and these championship teams always seem to be, like, super, super physical – they don't they don't they they will take the piss out of you if 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 you try and, and try and test them um they don't give a shit especially in these fa cup kind of draws um they'll, they'll they're gonna come out and, and they're gonna beat the shit out of you for 90 minutes um and you're either gonna submit or you're gonna have a hard time in your next match um it i would like to see some rotation like steve said it would be nice to see raggy get back in there and uh get a run out post COVID. Um, we'd like to see Skippy. I don't think it's going to happen. Looks like Lucas picked up a knock in training. Um, so, you know, not necessarily waiting to see uh, Alfie or uh, one of our 10 Alfies or uh, Harvey out there quite yet. Um, but, you know, I think you'll see at least Son and Kane at least to start the game. I don't think there's too much scope for for rotation to be perfectly honest i think yeah i, I don't either it's yeah. it's very Where it's very hard to moment yeah yeah and conte even said it himself is like if you have harry kane he has to be out there you know and and so i think that going into i think everton's going to be a big big game um the good thing is that everton's on a monday right so um we get that extra time to kind of heal up from uh from from a game that uh you know is kind of in midweek um so we had we have you know six days to instead of like a four-day turnaround so that's kind of nice um everton's gonna probably bring the return of delhi um in a blue shirt that's not that's not spurs blue um and i think he'll start even though he's struggling to start on on that team right now um but I'd like to see. I'd like to see uh, a, a, just a quick pounding of Middlesbrough. I I I don't think that they're going to compete with Spurs uh, if if we have if we have our A team in there. Um, just given you know, just given the fact that they've they had that run of form and then they they're getting. I think they're getting beat right now to nothing by Barnsley. So um, I would I I just want to see I want to see two wins coming up this next week and and. There's no reason why Spurs can't win both of those games. I don't think Everton's going to give us too, too much of a challenge. But, you know, again, you never know. I, I didn't think I didn't think Burnley was going to give us much of a challenge, but the weather killed us again. So you never know. Everton might because of the fact that they got Frank Lampard, new manager, trying new things. You, you always mm -hmm. get a little bit of a new manager bounce. But I think what you said, before is, is going to be the key thing, and that is that we play Tuesday against Middlesbrough, and then we don't play again until the Monday against Everton. Yeah. So that's four or five days break or in between, and I think that should help us. So, yeah, uh, and it goes back to what I said before. You know, each game is a 
is a must-win game now. We, we we have no no choice. I mean, ultimately, how many games we played now? We played um, twenty. Sorry, I'm just looking for the twenty-five table. or so, maybe. But, yeah, we played right? twenty-five. So we've yeah. got um, yeah. what thirteen league games left, mm-hmm. and potentially, even if you get to the FA Cup final, you've got another four uh, FA Cup games. So you're talking. 13 and 4, 17. That's great math there by me. Um, <laughs> 17 games, you know, it, it's got to be all out now for 17 games until the end of the season. Beth, you bring up an interesting point. I saw this on Twitter and I can't cite the source, but it was stats on Conte, Spurs and Inter uh, previously. The stark difference when his teams have five days to prepare for a match versus when they have like three days. And, and you know how it plays out. Uh, more time to prepare, his teams play well. So, yeah, that, that gap in time will be good for us. That's, why they, good? that's why they don't play well in Europe, typically, his teams. Fair. Steve, let's go to you. Uh, we're approaching two things, conspiracy corner and closing thoughts. So I'm wondering if you might want to merge Ooh. yours together tonight. Hell yeah, I can do that. Let's do it. And Vass, just so you know, we'll come to you for some closing thoughts as well. So be thinking about that. What do you got, Steve? All right, so here's the deal. I've been thinking a lot about this, and the logical conclusion is that Burnley have some way to control the weather to benefit their squad. Now, when we were meant to play Burnley months ago at this point, they had some key players out. It would have been an absolute slaughter. So what happens? They get the snow to cancel the game, you know? And and if you're thinking, well, you know what? It snows, it's winter, that happens, you know, no big deal. I would have let it pass, except that when we played Burnley, it was horrid rain. So we had an inconvenient time on the field. They had their key players back. You can't convince me that Burnley and maybe even the FA didn't get that game specifically scheduled for a rainy day to put Spurs at a disadvantage after using the snow as cover to get the game postponed when their key players were out. The FA and Burnley are in this together so that Burnley can stay out of the relegation and really stick it to Spurs. Because look at what happened after the snow game. They specifically called in criteria for what constitutes a postponement and it was COVID based, right? So, you know, would the snow have impacted it? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, it would have been one of those games that under the new guidelines would have been played, but it wasn't because the FA really wants to stick it to Spurs and, and Burnley was the clear and obvious recipient for this actual thing that happened it's not even a conspiracy this is something that legitimately happens um and you can't convince me otherwise the the good thing the good thing about conspiracy theories is the people who espouse them never sound crazy and you're you're just um holding up your end of that bargain so thanks thanks for for being solid for us yeah you're welcome absolutely and Uh, that's, yeah. that's a great conspiracy theory. They got some. I don't know if you guys uh, watch. Was it Despicable Me? You know, Gru, the the guy with the minions, has all these weird fangled machinery that you know steals the moon and whatever. But now we've got the FA and Burnley Football Club have got this machine that controls the weather. That's fantastic imagery. That is <laughs> absolutely you know what, brilliant. Sean? Sean Dyche could be Gru. He could actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh, we yeah, might have an we might have time. an episode title, boys. We might have it. We'll see. We'll see. Steve, as, anything as, else on your on your closing thoughts? You got anything else? Yeah. For? I, on a much, much, much more serious note, um, I just want to you know put out there. I, I, it's been a really rough week internationally. I, I, I have to wish the absolute best you know, protection, luck, prayers, whatever have you, um, to the, the people of the Ukraine, uh, for what they're going through. It's absolutely devastating. And, and I, I've been struggling a lot with it because it's one of those situations where, you know, as a person, as an individual, there's really not much I can do, um, except for donating to some good causes, which I, I highly recommend. There's tons of uh, charitable organizations out there trying to help the people uh, of the Ukraine with with what's going on uh, in their region. I, I highly recommend if you're able to look into some of those charities. There's some for people, for animals, for you know the 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 fighters. There's just so much going on. Um, and the other thing that I, I really want to call attention to because I, I hate when people do this about Americans. Uh, you know this isn't this isn't Russia. You know, this isn't all Russians doing this to to the Ukraine. It's the the crazy power hungry leader that they're all kind of forced to follow along with. And I absolutely loved seeing thousands and thousands of them take to the streets uh, in protest. I've loved seeing, you know, key Russian figures going out and saying this is wrong. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, we in the in the United States, we might. Um, take for granted that we're able to criticize our leaders. That's really not something you do to Putin, especially as a public figure, especially in a public place. Um, you know, there's an inherent danger. We've seen this uh, in history where, where his critics tend to not have so good things happen to him, happen to them. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want people to say Russians are bad. Look what they're doing in the Ukraines. This is just one guy using his immense power and wealth to bully another nation. You know, the, the average people of the Ukraine, the average people in Russia, they're suffering too. Um, not as bad as the, as the those who are under fire, mind you. So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from their plight, but... You know, just be cognizant, be mindful of, of who you're criticizing when, you, when you're uh, going out there and you're trying to put pressure. But seriously, you know, for, for our dozens and dozens of listeners out there, if you're financially able to, to just donate a little bit, um, there's a number of charities out there. I'm sure you could find them if, if you do a quick search. Find one that speaks to you, that's doing the work that you really want. If that's all you can do, it's something. Um, you know, I... I truly believe as you know us with the platform that we have it's important for us to to use it to put a message out there where we can and, and that's where i'm going to leave it uh, on my side get out there try to support them if you can um and i really hope that that ukraine as a whole the, the people there stay safe and um you know this whole thing passes over with uh with no more bloodshed you know, I, I i appreciate you you doing that and kind of bringing that back because let's be honest um we love following this football club, right? And that's a pastime. It, it's it's a diversion. It's entertainment. We get, you know, we are friends and we get together to talk about it for fun. And uh, there's a whole lot more important stuff going on in the world. So I do appreciate you uh, bringing that to, to light and making sure that we did address it. Well done. Vass, how about we go to you? Any closing thoughts as we wrap up for today? Yeah, just echo what Steve said about the whole Ukraine situation. Uh, it's, I mean... People often say, like, you know, thoughts and prayers and 
that's about as much as we can do. I don't know how much that will help the people of Ukraine right now, but yeah, if you can do something tangible, as Steve suggested, then then do that, and and hopefully they'll come through all in one piece. I could just as easily just say fuck Putin, but there you go. That's my message to to everybody. However, uh, in terms of uh, any other sort of closing thoughts, I'd say to anyone who's listening, keep the faith with Spurs. Let's get to the end of the season. I think we've got a very good manager. I believe he will be back in the summer and we'll see quite a different team next season. But for now, we just need to get to the end of this one and um, hopefully we'll get... uh, we'll have something to show for it at the end. So just keep the faith, everyone. Absolutely. Mike, how about we go to you? Closing thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm not going to give a long protracted speech, but um, uh, as far as, as far as uh, Spurs go, um, I, I, I just want to kind of echo what Vass says. We have a very good coach. Um, I, I, I stick with the Encante we trust um, thoughts and sentiments. Uh, I really think that, um, going forward, and we we already know that like it, what we've heard out of Conte, you know, one day it seems like doomsday. He's gonna he's gonna resign. He's he, he's asking the team to sack him, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the next day, uh, it's all wine and roses. Um, we know that's what Conte does. We knew we knew that coming in from him. Um, so you know, I mean. It's not the end of the world when Conte says, you know, I know what team I've got. This team is shit. Uh, we've got to do better. You know, it, it, those are basically the things he's going to say every time we lose. So let's not let's not go, you know, jumping off the bridge um, because of that. Um, I think in the end, Conte is going to get the, the the players he wants. He's had he's always very kind of upfront and 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 uh, honest with the the media and the fans and that can be taken out of context um but as fans we have to take we have to take him at his word and recently he did say he's had a discussion with daniel levy um that they were going to start right now looking at players that they want to bring in in the summer uh and for myself and others who love to buy into the ITK, we can't do that. Uh, we just got to trust and, and wait and see what happens. Uh, we can't go jumping off the bridge uh, because Adama Traore is not, you know, didn't get signed. Um, um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't think Adama Traore would have been our answer, to, to be honest. He would have helped maybe, but he didn't want to play that position. And, 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 and that's that. Um, he's... You know, it is what it is. Uh, on the Ukraine thing, again, let let's try and try and support Ukraine and try and support um, our, our 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 NATO leaders and and try and support any anybody who's in harm's way in this situation. Um, and I will I will actually come out and say straight up as fuck Putin. Um, He's a guy who said that he didn't. <laughs> he despised communism, but he thrived in it, and he's trying to he's trying to bring back the the USSR in any way he can, and by destroying people's lives, um, I have I have I have no sympathy for for anybody who supports anything to do with 
with the Russian government right now. Um, so let's just uh, let's just kind of keep the faith and make sure that um, we keep supporting the people that need to be supported um, throughout throughout the world in any kind of uh, a, a, a terrible situation uh, like we have in Ukraine. We, we just stay vigilant and um, always, always, always question your leaders and question the government if you have um, any kind of um, moral question. There you have it, folks. Thank you, Mike, for uh, for wrapping us up that way. Hey, Vass, want to thank you so much for the time spent with us today. We are um, we're indebted to you, as Mike said. You know, you you've um, you've been someone we watched what you do and what Dr. Tottenham does. Um, we appreciate you being a support to us in the the podcast and we do thanks man for joining us it it is absolutely uh, a pleasure hearing your voice every single week and uh (laughs) now kind of kind of in person ish (laughs) well listen uh newfound friends and all that i'm just thank you for for having me on it's been a pleasure joining you today I, i hope your uh podcast continues to grow and and become more well known and successful um but it's been yeah my absolute pleasure to 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 join you today and and clearly there's there's no indebtedness or anything like that i'm just happy to be on with you thank you so we are we are grateful and uh mike and steve as always i appreciate you to our listeners we appreciate you boys 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 and mike be safe